Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to Life Transformed with Robert Bolden. And this is our weekly Coffee with Christ. We love it. This is a great time for us, you guys. Again, it's a sneak peek into our it's a sneak peek into kind of the foundation of Brendan and I's relationship and um, things things are really moving ahead with Life Transform. We love it. We we actually will have a couples workshop coming up um, that you'll hear more about. It, um, it's coming up and it's really designed to to share, you know, some of the foundational things that that have helped us through the first almost three years, almost three years of our relationship and coming up on a year of marriage. Mm-hmm. So yes, by all means, we don't have it all figured out. But those things that, that seem to be working, we share in this workshop. Um, and our heart is to just, um, you know, bring some, some new awareness to you and to your relationship, if we can, if we can do that. So, ready to jump right in here? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, first of the day, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. What is that speaking to you? So, for me, what, for me, what it says is um, that, well, again, as I, well, this is take two for us, so we talked a little bit about this a second ago, but anyway... Um, the taste and see, I was initially, I'm confused by that because you don't see what you taste or you don't taste what you see, but anyway, when I go to the blessed is the man who trusteth in him, which is God, I think of it as God loves everybody. However, if you are a person who, um, only considers the good things that happen in life to be blessings, you're really not trusting God and you're missing out on a lot of blessings. So I think this is saying that in order to truly be blessed, you have to see everything as a blessing and not just wait for the good stuff. So say you get into like a fender bender or something and you're like, God, why'd you let this happen? When really truly it is a blessing, there's something there that can you can be blessed by. Um, the lesson, you know, maybe a lot we hear, you know, who knows what it is, but there's a blessing in everything, good and bad. So that's what that meant to me. And for me, it's, it's really a little bit of a different twist. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All right, so that is just, and I think it, for me, it gets back to the symbolism of, you know, taste like the body when you're in, mm-hmm. you know, and see and fine blood. Just that, just in, with all your senses, mm-hmm. understand that the Lord is good. And then blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And this is what has been a reoccurring theme for me just recently because we're reading a lot more of the Bible now. I mean, we're going to go more here in a second. Um, but it's that the second half of that sentence, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him or blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So God loves everybody. However, if you don't take refuge in him, guess what? You're not going to be blessed. I mean, you really need to take refuge in Him. You need to commit to Him and surrender to Him to really get the full blessing. And I think that builds right into your point, right? If you've done that, then you will see a fender bender and, and as a blessing. But I think what I want to what I want to continue to 
help bring awareness to amongst those people who were I were like I was before five years ago is wow it's so cool when you just take refuge in him things really change at least in my life they really change when I just took refuge in him so I love this this is from Psalm so this is David who can sometimes be cranky as you would say yeah Well, no, he can be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've had a lot of discussions about about David, and one one minute he's like praising God, kill everybody for me, God. Yeah. They're hurt. They're coming yeah, after me. Exactly. Like I love, I love God, and it's like, yeah, kill my enemy, <laughs> dude. He's God. <laughs> so it's no different than what we go through. I think. Oh no, that's why I love reading the Psalms because I think I can relate so many times to to David's feelings even if I don't share his same wishes <laughs> well yeah and it reminds me too you talk about that um, our friend Jacob Peterson is doing a series called Be a Hammer and Jacob is amazing he was one of the first people that invited me him and Melissa invited me into their home when I first found God so I did a study with, with them on Ephesians, and it was amazing. So Jacob and Melissa have a special place in my heart, but he created a new 20-part series called Be a Hammer that Brent and I are working through. And a little tease here, we, on our YouTube channel, you'll have to search for it. I, I can get it for you here at some point, but we're, we're putting little snippets uh, on the answers to each of the 20, uh, 20 segments that Jacob has put together. So... If you're curious, you can jump in there and take a look on our YouTube channel, which we'll be doing more with as, as time moves on. Mm -hmm. Yep, we do it every day. We love it. Yeah, we do love it. Yeah, so if you want to see us in video, fresh out of bed in the morning. Well, sometimes we're not fresh out of bed. Sometimes we do it like a little bit later. But yeah, we, that's yeah. true. We read it and then there's these questions. Yesterday you were in your row. I was, yeah. But there's questions at the end that you have to think through, which are really great. We thought about doing this with you all today, but I have to think Brenda through the questions. It. Because I like to be, I like to think through and have a good answer for Jacob because we're doing the questions and I like to answer them. I don't want to worry about time. Okay. Here we go. We are in Ephesians, speaking of Ephesians. For this reason, this is Ephesians 3. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I just love that when Paul talks about Jews and Gentiles together. You know that's a big topic for me and how the Pharisees and the, you know, and then you get all these different religions and mm -hmm. it's all jacked up. Yeah. Man took over. Man took over. Become a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. 
Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past has kept, was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. I mean, isn't that great? He's just... He's just pumping all kinds of positives into him right now. Yeah. You know. He's doing it from prison. Yeah, and he's sharing that that passion. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now, I'm going to just go um, into some of our Maxwell insights. And this was at the end of Ephesians 2. But I don't think we read this yesterday. Okay. All right? It says, Paul provides some tools for readers to live in the way God intends them to live. He informs them that they are saved by grace and created to do good works. Then he equips them for these good works with divine tools, explaining how they have been delivered from darkness and transformed into new persons and a new building. Paul labored hard to unleash the church and prepare its members for service. If we pursue the same goal, we must embrace the following assumptions. This is, I know, this is where John gets deep, right? Number one, everyone wants to feel worthwhile. Isn't that a universal yes. truth? Yes, it is. I mean, yeah. Interesting, he said assumptions, and we don't like to make assumptions. But I, I think that that's a truth. I mean, I, I guess I could, we could just make the assumption that it's everybody. I truly think it is everybody. Yeah, he's ask, John is asking us to, if we pursue the same goal that Paul was, was asking the Ephesians to pursue, then we must embrace the following assumptions. What's up, Allie? Yeah, we're on our podcast. Come on over. It's okay. <laughs> so Brenda's daughter is heading out to Wyoming. And I think, are you leaving pretty quick? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she needs to talk to Brenda. She's being very polite and saying, I need to talk to you, Mom. So this will be me solo. This is kind of a good opportunity for me. Okay, so... I just think that is awesome. If we pursue the same goal, we must embrace the following assumptions. Everyone wants to feel worthwhile. 
Yes, that is an assumption, but it's a good assumption. I think if we make that assumption, that gets us off on the right foot with people and allows us, allows me to um, realize that and, and, you know, I think just ask more questions versus further assuming. How's that? Number two, everyone needs and responds to encouragement. Yes, I think that's huge. I think that is so true. We all need that. That's how we were designed. That's what Paul is saying here. Number three, people buy into the leader before they buy into the plan. That's another one that resonates with me. Just being in the corporate world for the first part of my working years, um, I can literally say that that is true that once I got to know the leader, that determined how I move forward uh, supporting the plan. Four, most people don't know how to be successful. Five, people are naturally motivated. And six, most people will move once they receive permission and equipping. So that is beautiful. Um, if you think about it, uh, those six things. If you just if you just live live that way with people, I think you're going to add value to them every single day. John also says here. <clears throat> Paul prays passionately that his readers comprehend the love of God, experience the love of Christ, and be filled with God. Then he declares, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all we ask or think. Passion is the first step to achievement. Absolutely love this, right? You've got to be passionate. John Maxwell always talks about, one of the big things he says is, passion moves people. So, you guys, big lesson here. Anything in life that you want to get done, you have to have the passion. Passion is always the first step. So, you know, my challenge to, to everybody here listening is to, you know, think about what is it that I'm passionate about? And, you, you know, don't hold back. Don't hold back that passion because that is going to be, I think, the key to to God really uh, living in your life and, and just opening the door for you to see his abundance. Um, and he delivers. I mean, he will deliver so much more if, if you are passionately sharing what your heart is telling you. <clears throat> And John has even another pontification here on uh, Ephesians 3. By themselves, not even the best accountants or financial advisors can create wealth for their clients. All they can do is give advice concerning the accumulation of financial reserves. The rest is up to the recipients of that advice. The same is true for leaders who wish to see others access the riches of heaven. 
The lives and ministries of the Apostle Paul and Timothy, the young leader of the church at Ephesus, demonstrate this principle. On their own, neither Paul nor Timothy could equip the Ephesians to please God, but they knew how to direct their changes to the ultimate source of ultimate power, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Paul exhorts the Ephesians Christians, the Ephesian Christians to take full advantage of all the resources and power God has made available to them. The Apostle knows that all believers have at their disposal immeasurable wealth and power, infinite resources sufficient to equip every believer for the spiritual fight ahead. Godly leaders have at their disposal the same kind of power Paul describes here. Leaders are responsible to direct others, other believers to the place where they can be enriched and equipped so they can serve God and do battle for the kingdom. <clears throat> you guys, that is so uh, powerful. What this is speaking into me is just the fact that, you know, we are and we have at our disposal this unlimited power because we have God. We've got the Holy Spirit in us. And I think Paul is just, you know, he's extolling on the church at Ephesus, you know, this this truth. And, you know, to, to the extent that, I know for my life, to the extent that I continue to um, believe that and live into that, that truly is what where freedom is and it and it is truly the part of our um, mission at Life Transformed is to get people out of isolation and into community right so that's what that's literally what we're doing you know envision that that we are we're attracting people that um, understand that truth and want to live into the fact, and it can be scary. I'm not saying it, it's not. It can be scary to live into that fact. So, you know, questions for you, the listeners. Um, you know, do you want to feel worthwhile? Um, do you respond and need encouragement? Um, do you truly know how to be successful? Um, are you naturally motivated? Now that is a big discussion topic right there. Um, you know, there's a school of thought out there that says you can't be motivated externally. It's got to come internally. And that's what I believe. So, are you naturally motivated? Are you able to overcome that subconscious mind? And then, finally, will you move once you receive permission and equipping? You know, I think, in my experience, um, a lot of times, you know, we need, we need that, um, whether it be encouragement which, which, you know, John talked about earlier. Um, and permission. We need, we need permission. Our pastor once had a series on the extraordinary permission givers, that we all look for permission 
even if we don't realize it. I mean, to drive a car, you need to get a driver's license. You have to get permission to be able to drive a car, for example. All throughout our life, it's, it's packed with, with um, situations where we need permission. So I think, you know, that's really what we're talking about here is, you know, God can just, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Passion is the first step to achievement. I just love this. You got a little bit of a chance to get ahead of me. Sorry. Oh, yeah. We're pretty much done. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was really hard. (laughs) No, I mean, no. You want to summarize for me? Um, well, I just kind of did. I just kind of did a wrap up for everybody, (laughs) but, um, you guys, I would just challenge you to, um, put yourself in, you know, put yourself in the space where those folks from Ephesus were at the time. And like Brenda mentioned earlier, Paul was speaking to them from a prison and man, the uplifting words he was, he was sharing from a prison. The context is so important there. So you guys, you're in better shape than Paul. You're not in a prison. You're not being persecuted for what you believe, right? None of us are. So let's not complain anymore. No more complaining. Right? That's what Paul is saying. He is encouraging us. Look at we have God. We have the Holy Spirit. There's so much abundance there. So as we've learned, right, Brenda, we've learned so much of the life that's playing out in front of us right now is not truly who we are. It's our what? It's our responses to our... What? Beliefs? No. Well, yeah, <laughs> beliefs. Where do those come from? Um, our programming? Yeah. Ooh, it's like it was a test. I passed. So what? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you guys, whatever results you're getting right now in your life, the good news is they are all based on your programming, things that other people put into your head that you believe right now. But they aren't true. They aren't truly what you are and who you are. And the good news is you can change those beliefs starting today. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? And you can change. You are the cause of your effects. You can change your tomorrow today. And as John Maxwell says, one of my favorite sayings, the only guarantee for a better tomorrow is to grow today. Yes. Ooh, I still miss. <laughs> Me. <laughs> this, this is why I had to have my coffee before we do these things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It is all about our our perspective, and and I think that I didn't I didn't get to listen to what John's questions were, but the thing I think that is important about um, the letters that Paul is writing to the Ephesians from prison and how that is important with your perspective because for his entire life he was programmed to um, to be basically a Pharisee. <laughs> that was his programming and he was able to completely change his programming once he um, saw or 
heard Jesus and realized that he was true, then it changed the way he perceived the world and um, made him rethink the programming he'd had his entire life. Yes, well said. Thank you. Are there Pharisees today, Brenda? Of course. <laughs> Give me an example of a Pharisee today. You know, actually, I think that we all can be Pharisees. Um, we not. It doesn't have to be a big thing. If we are, if we're judging and living in judgment based on a programming that we had when from our growing up, then and we're judging others for not believing the same way that we do we're behaving like a Pharisee. So I think that everybody has a tendency um, to be a Pharisee. Um, that's why we have to continually focus on Jesus and um, the fact that he said love everybody and um, love them and love God and don't judge them because it's not our place. So I think, again, that's the whole reason that Paul was in prison because he was trying to teach Pharisees and try to get them to realize that, you know, being sitting in judgment of other people, being cruel to other people, um, forcing people to believe things that, that they don't believe, all of these things are not what Jesus wanted for us um, and not what God wants for us. And that's why he was in prison. So he was sticking true to his. Um, new learnings and his new changed um, programming and um, it was it was hard because people don't people don't want to change unless they absolutely have to it has to be I don't want to change unless I absolutely I mean it has to you be, don't want to change if unless you have yeah to. yeah I mean unless I'm in like in so much pain I have to change or if something is going to be so amazing I mean we just if we're in our comfort zone we don't move very fast. <laughs> I, I, I move faster than you. Well, yes, always. See, I'm just getting on Brenda about we, we, we. I didn't even hear that. I know, you don't realize it. All right, so a Pharisee, you brought that up a couple times. And for people like me who really don't know what that means, I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in that context, Paul met the religious leaders of the time who thought their way was the right way. Absolutely, the religious and the political leaders at the time. That's what okay. he meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the yeah. I, I think just wanted to point that out because some of y'all may be listening to this. You're like, what is a Pharisee? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I that would have been me. Oh yes. Even I. This is a good. This is a good <laughs> thing. Again, it is great because it, it is the difference in how we perceive things, and I assume, which I shouldn't do, um, that when that people know what a Pharisee is. I can't assume that. And it, we, that's another learning that we've had a lot, a lot, a lot lately is that we are a lot into um, learning and growth. So we read a lot. Yes. So then we assume that everybody knows what we know. And then we go out and we talk to somebody and I say the word Pharisee and they will look at me like Bob looked at me like, <laughs> do you realize people don't know what you're saying right now? Well, I think that's right, babe. This is the beauty of having these kind of discussions on a podcast mm -hmm. where, you know, it's like it provides another layer because instead of just you and I talking where something like Pharisee, we'd, we wouldn't have to talk about it. But now we're talking to people, could be all over the world, that mm -hmm. listen to this mm -hmm. at one point. So it gives us a different mindset, mm -hmm. right, as we're, as we're talking and explaining. Mm -hmm. So I just love that. 
What else do you have? Anything else popping into your head on this topic? God's marvelous plan for the Gentiles. No, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, I, I just love, again, it's all context. And you guys, the cool thing about this Coffee with Christ that we do every day is that, you know, we're going to read these same words again in the future. And they're going to mean different things to both Brenda and I. Not because the words have changed, but because we've changed. And because we've grown as people and that we're in another place, a different space. That is what's so exciting about this world. And that is our whole goal with Life Transformed, you guys. Get you out of isolation, into community. Because once you're in a community of people that do the kind of things that you guys are, are getting a sneak peek into now. I mean, these are the kind of discussions we have within our community. Um, within Life Transform. And it's so powerful and so rich. And yes, you can have these discussions over a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, so we have fun, and, but it's just a different kind of, um, a different kind of community. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a special, it's special. It's a special community. For me, it is anyway. I think it's very special because it's it's deeper friendships. It's more, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. So you guys, thank you so much for listening today. Again, have a super fantastic rest of your day wherever you're listening to this from, and subscribe to us, you guys. That's huge. Subscribe to us. Give us a shout out. Find us on social media. Go to the website, life-transform.com. Get on our email list. Um, do all those sorts of things. And by all means, we do a 30-minute free consultation for you to see if we can, um, you know, help you with some of the obstacles in life. Get you into a space where you are surrounded by a community of people. Because you know, once you get out of isolation in a community, the next step is... Freedom. Freedom. All right. Until, <laughs> until next time, we'll see you soon. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this awesome day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coffee and Christ. And you guys... Brenda and I, again, this is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed. We get people out of isolation and into community. Guys, I'm so excited, I can't stand it. I'm looking out over a lake. What is the name of this lake? Hidden Cove. Hidden Cove Lake Mm -hmm. in North Bend. I can see the sun coming up on a dock just adjacent to where we are. We're on a little sun porch here. And what is really exciting is um, I've got we have two of our most amazing partners, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, with us this morning. Uh, Russell Shaw and Michelle Magner. Good morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good to be here. It's a crowd. <laughs> it is a crowd. <laughs> we 
we've got our coffee and we're on the sun porch and Michelle made an awesome sign, coffee in Christ. You guys want to put pictures up on social media. With a hashtag. Of the, of the scene, yeah, and the setting that we have here. Uh, so you can you can just um, close close your eyes and imagine that you're here with us. And I'm, I'm uh, going to give you another exciting announcement. I'm going to start a pod that we're going to release on Thursdays. And it's all about big dreams. So we are going to be interviewing people and talking about their big dreams. Now that is awesome. It's exciting. Isn't it exciting? All right, you guys. Let's get right to it. The verse of the day today. Oh, it's going weird on me. Yeah. Is this the one you have here? Technical difficulties. Well, that's what I'm trying to find. Sometimes the Bible app goes weird. I think I've got it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Say more. Well, I... Yes, I think that that's, um, <laughs> um, I think what's well, just saying that when we're when we're serving, we're not doing it to say, look at me. So uh, we're serving because that's what we are called to do. Jesus called us to serve, so we do it without um, needing to have applause. Two hands would require yeah, yeah. applause for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you guys, I want you to give us comments. Brenda's trying to talk louder because she got some great feedback yesterday. Go ahead, babe. I'm three quarters of the way done with this coffee. By the time I'm done, I'll be loud. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What I hear is the five-second rule, right? You just jump in and do it. Don't, don't overthink oh. it. Don't overthink it. Don't analyze it too much. I like that. Jump in there and, and help. That helps me, Michelle, because I was getting nothing. I read that. I'm like, <laughs> hmm. That's the cool thing about the Bible, right? Yeah. Just like if I was reading this in isolation, just me, I'd be like, well, <clears throat> don't know. <laughs> and I would just go on. Right? Russell, anything from you on this one? Well, I'm just, I was just thinking about how whenever, you know, I mean, not letting the left hand know what the right hand's doing, you know, it's all about doing it just for Christ. The fact that this goes back to, to loving unconditionally. I mean, you know, everything in the Bible points to Christ. And we should all, to me, I mean, because this loving unconditionally thing is really, really. I hate to use the word gnawing at me, but it's because <laughs> because Bob says I use negative words sometimes. It's a positive. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Bob says, or do you use negative I use words? Ne- I use negative words and have a positive meaning for them. Okay, so whatever something is. So let's just go ahead and go with gnawing. When something is gnawing at me. That's right. <laughs> on my heart. On my heart. There we go. Look at Michelle. On my heart. The words there, there you go. And and you know, so and it makes me want to spend more time there it makes me want to say okay oh, yeah. if I'm going to love unconditionally and I've got this desire this knowing how do I change that because God wouldn't have put this idea of 
of unconditional love in there. And I think one of the reasons I sit, I think about that and it's been high on there is just because there's so many things going on in our community that people are not loving each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are far from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, just a little bit of love. I mean, don't, don't, you don't have to love them unconditionally. That's a lot of work. But just a little <laughs> bit of love. I mean, it is. It is. I mean, you know, just a little bit of love. I mean, I mean, you know, the more you think about unconditional love, the, you know, I mean, that's tough. Oh, yeah, dude. But I unconditionally love all y'all. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> we feel it. Yeah. yeah. And, we, and we boomerang it back. We boomerang, boomerang it. Boomerang. Oh, that'll be a whole nother podcast, you guys. We had a... Yeah. The, we were, were calling it from here on out the Russell Boomerang story. And you guys will hear more about that in the future. All right, you guys, let's go on to the plan here. Oh, now it's... It's not showing me the plan. Is it showing you the plan? Mm-hmm. Let's take a picture. Yeah. Okay. The plan is we're moving forward. Just hang in yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> my phone is going wonky. For oh wait, my plans. Maybe I got it right here. Come on, baby. But you know, in your own life, as you're thinking about what it means to, to love unconditionally, you know, think about everything that you do, everything that you walk into, and, and situations you get into, and you think. How can I do this and love unconditionally? Because that's tough. I'm just talking while Bob's bringing this up. So, but I mean, but this is still. I mean, it's it's important, and you know, and if we don't practice what we talk about, it's hard to get good at it. Right. Well, and you have, you really have to center yourself. When oh you're yeah. Walking, you have to have a mindful, centered approach yeah. when you're walking you, into those situations, because otherwise you're just autopilot. Mm-hmm. And who yeah. knows what it is. And that five-second rule yeah. works so good for unconditional loving because if you want to love, this is so good because if you're using that five-second rule and you really want to love somebody, your 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 first inclination is going to be, how do I love? Mm-hmm. But if right. you don't do that within that five seconds, it's boop. Yeah. Because it goes against what we really are comfortable doing. This like, Holy Spirit, you know, baby. Yeah. That's it. As you know, All right, we got it now. We okay. found it. I'm going to actually go back to one of the other ones that we did because we just finished that other plan yesterday. Yeah, we did. So here we go. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. This will be fun. Have joy and money. If you've been in church long enough, you've probably heard the pastor say, Jesus spoke on money more than any other topic. It's true that Jesus and the Bible have a lot to say about money, but this doesn't help your anxiety over it. I want to introduce you to a new perspective about your relationship with money. Not long ago, I learned that our anxiety around money can stem from what financial counselors Brad and Ted Klontz call money disorders. If you thumb through the Bible, it's easy to see. We do have a disordered relationship with money. Fortunately for us, the Bible speaks to every common money disorder and gives us a clear path to joy in our finances. I want to show you what the Bible has to say on the three common money disorders. Afterwards, you can identify which relationship fits you the most and take the steps to reclaim your heart from the pull of money. The first money disorder is called money avoidance. In short, you want to avoid money altogether. This disordered relationship can force you to get rid of money fast, not look at your bank account, and earn less than what you need. Money avoidance can also result from a belief that God doesn't want us to have money. But the Bible is clear that the love of money is what we should avoid, not money itself. 
Money, in fact, is used for many good kingdom purposes. In Acts 2, we see the fellowship of believers giving money to those who need it. Further in Acts, we see Paul earn money through his craft of tent making. He used the money he earned in a kingdom honoring way. I remember when I first re read this, I'm like, dang, Paul was a tent maker. <laughs> I wonder what kind of tents that dude made. I would have loved to have a Paul vintage. Just think about that. Yeah. He used to be Saul. He was Paul. He started making tents. You're like, dude, I got a Paul tent. <laughs> I think that would be so awesome. The temptation here is to believe that all of our money should be given to others and not ourselves. This is a form of money avoidance because we're avoiding money to the point where our needs are neglected. But if you look at how Paul describes his work in Acts 20, 33-35, you'll see that Paul says the goal of his money is to meet his needs. Nowhere in the Bible does it say money is the necessary evil. And we hear that all the time. I right? say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I say that all the time. Nowhere, it's not in the Bible. So you know how you say, this is a great one, babe, because you always say, I filter everything through the Bible. So this is a great lesson for you. Mm -hmm. Something you say and use your own uh, method where you're like, oh, dang, I didn't see that in the Bible. So it's not true. <laughs> you see how I said that kind of meekly because I don't know if I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's still got hot coffee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Instead, we see snapshots of committed... Hold on. We see snapshots of committed disciples working for money taking care of their needs and giving back to the kingdom. If money is avoided, our needs get ignored. And if our needs are ignored, our impact for the kingdom can be slowed. Today, pray that God would reveal your fear surrounding money. If you have a habit of letting go of money too fast or avoiding it altogether, pray that God would heal this disordered relationship with money. Yes, God, please heal it. <laughs> well, say more about that, babe. I definitely think I have the uh, money avoidance. I think that one is for sure me. I don't, I don't like, I hate looking at my bank account. I just don't like it. And I've tried that, the visualization, Bob says, every time you write a check to um, somebody, thank them or think, you know, and I, I'm not, I haven't been as consistent with it because I don't enjoy it. Um, you know what? I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy it. it. I don't I enjoy it. it. So I think that's definitely my my thing. And I do think that that has been my mindset, that money is a necessary evil. And um, I always think of, I think of money as the way to acquire um, safety so that I have the freedom to do the things that I really think God is calling me to do. Interesting. Yeah. And that's about as that's about as warm and fuzzy as I can get around money. So I love at this point. So it's interesting. You said money gives you safety. Mm-hmm. And then it gives me freedom to do the things that I want to do, you know, um, with the table and things like that. Like I'm thinking of it as more of a tool than a treasure. I really. I mean, I used to think you had you had to choose love or money. Like, I would never marry for money. I wanted to be sure I married for love. And it's been in the last five years that it dawned on me, wow, I could have both. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm glad I married for love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Women yes. don't marry for money, do yeah. they? Yes, yes, you are. People, not just women. Right. People. People. Yeah, good one. I like yeah. it. But we really, in our home, have this uh, saying: "We are money magnets. Money flows to us freely." We talk a lot. Mm. Maxwell talks about being a river, and so we we talk about that a lot. Just we are money magnets, and it's interesting the little checks that show up in the mail mm. as a result of that. But it takes money to build churches. Yeah. It takes money to pay pastors. It takes money, mm-hmm. you know, to do the good work in the community yep. that we mm-hmm. want to do. Mm-hmm. That's it right. takes it takes money to love unconditionally when you want to help other people. I mean, no, not always, but I mean that's a lot of times. In order for somebody to feel loved, sometimes you have to help meet a need. Mm-hmm. You know, and that might be just taking somebody down to, to get us sandwich somewhere mm-hmm. you know if you don't have enough money to buy a sandwich <laughs> yeah. right you know and i mean i know that's that's very simple but i mean it's just it's so true i mean well, you know because they're not going to listen they're not interested in what you got to say they're not, not wondering about the start you know right. you started that's maybe a strong well, word but jesus fed people like that's how that's right. he was i mean but he was jesus and he could take yeah. a fish and a and a bread and feed 4,000 people, you know? So, but you're right. I mean, I think that's, and I um, think very practically, and so I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if your basic human needs are not being met, you will not be able to um, minister to the next level of need. You, I mean, we just have to have food. Yeah. We have shelter. to have food, water, shelter, and before we can give them hope, even though on your um, scale, Michelle, have you heard of scale? Yeah, so on your scale, hope you can live the least amount of time without, but without the other two, you are, you know, you, you but have guess to what? Those. Guess what? Are you talking about the four, four. things? Guess yeah. what? Water, 40 minutes. 40 minutes of. Let's see. 40 days without okay, food. Okay, let's get this going. 40. What is it? I like this. 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but you can only live four seconds without hope. That's good. And what I say to all that, I love it. I mean, Maslow and all, you know, I I did some research on Maslow. He was jacked up. It's one thing he did. (laughs) It's one of those things where God supersedes all of that. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, yeah, we we as humans, we can say, oh, yeah, we've got these basic needs. And, well, yeah, if we believe that, then it'll be true. Yeah. If we believe it, it'll be true. God... It says it all over the Bible, right? He is our food. He is He is everything. We don't need anything but Him. He will feed us. He will take care of our basic needs. All of those things. So I think, um, for me, I can just speak for me, if I hold on to any of those things that I have to, you know, have this world meet these basic needs before I can, you know, then I think I'm letting God down. I'm like, he's like, dude, come on now. Look yeah. at the Bible. What else is in there? And then the other thing for me on this is Satan. Mm-hmm. Right? The reason you see money show up so much in the Bible is because God knows that that's Satan's biggest trick. Mm-hmm. Is, is, you know, to honor money over God and God's yeah. love. So, so Jesus, you know, all the things, all the ways that he, he taught, and we're going to read some of them here coming up. So it's amazing to me that, that 
And I, you guys know me, I'm an upholder. And once I know money is a Satan trick, I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> ain't happening to this boy, you know? And it hasn't come overnight. I mean, I had a negative um, perception and I had, a, had self-doubts around money because people that I saw had money were always, and I know I should never use always, but I saw a lot of people that weren't honest. They were uh, not honorable people. The people that I saw as I went up the corporate ladder that had money, I'm like, well, that's not right. Yeah. Right? And that's a trick. That's a Satan trick, too. Yeah. These people that have taken, you know, they they go for money all their lives and then they get there. My mom gave me something from Joseph Campbell once, and it's like, you know, so many people climb the ladder looking for the pot of the gold at the end, yeah. and they get there. They had all this money, and they realize the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah. Boom. They you went, know? Yeah, they went the wrong way all yeah. this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tony Robbins tells us that money just amplifies who we already are. Yes. yes. Oh. So I love that, Michelle. <laughs> yes. yes. So those, you know, for those individuals, it just made them more of who they already were, which I think for the people in this room, we need the money. We don't yeah. need it, but do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, we can want, do yeah, such good with it. We can do such good with that money, so it's important to have that perspective. Yes, yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah. and some people are, that are good at making money, just they, they do it because they do love it, you know. You know, Warren Buffett, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know how old he is, you know, it's like in his 80s or something, but he still gets up every day to make money, and he doesn't need it, but he loves doing it. Yeah. It and is, he's good at it. Yeah. yeah. He's doing good stuff with it. Yeah. yeah. He's doing good stuff with it. That's right. We don't know for sure. But that's yeah. it goes back to exactly what you said. You know, why are you doing it? And he's like, I just love making money. Yeah. Is that, you know? Well, aren't we all doing what we love? Like, I love... <laughs> Like, I really love what I do. And, but, yeah, I love what I do. So, I need to stop at that. And I need not to worry about the money. It's funny, when you said <laughs> you, you guys are money magnets, and I think you as magners, magnets. Yes, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I, th I feel that, I see that. Yes. And then with Bob, it's always like, um, he's a bolden, but he's so bold. Like, yes. I, it's so very... Um, descriptive. Yeah. And, I, and I am. I always joke that Bob is like literally Mr. Magoo okay. with the money. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes. It just comes. You know, there could be a disaster. Somehow he avoids the disaster and winds up, you know, in another... I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> but I think to your point, it's um, that money... I mean, it, it can flow through us mm -hmm. and it can... If we're in service to people, the money will come. Right. And if we're adding value to people, the Boom. money will come. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what God wants. Sowing, sowing, sowing. We just have to do what we love. Whenever we go back to the thing about the the bread and the, and the food and feeding all these people, um, God has an abundance and, and we can do the same. We can show up at a place with just a lunchbox and feed all those people just like Jesus did. We... We have a we have a, we have a faith problem sometimes. I mean, just I mean, you know, and so I love the way you said we, and then I'm going to admit it. <laughs> I haven't met a whole lot of people that that you know, even people with a lot of faith. You know, sometimes they'll say, "Well, you know, I've got a I've got a faith problem." I mean, faith is a big is a big word in in, a, in our Christians' lives. It's huge, and I you know that's a powerful thing, Russell. And I was I was. Brenda probably loves this because I always get on her about all these kinds of things. When Yes, I'm so glad that the, the, the <laughs> so. arrow is pointed at others. <laughs> so, yeah. When we say we, that 
that is a that is a way to say, well, really you. I'm just saying we to be polite. Oh no, <laughs> no people I mean, take it too, that yeah. way. I know. <laughs> so I have been trying always hard to say I. Yeah. For me, I, because then people relate more. True. To you, you know, if I can say. I was jacked up around money because I was avoiding it. Then people are like, oh, yeah, I was, I yeah. am too. I can relate. Right. If we say we, then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. we. Proverbial me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a faith problem because I know I'm going to have enough faith that like, I can use my lunchbox to feed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. All right, let's get into some scripture here. <laughs> All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Peter heals a crippled beggar. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could, be, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them, eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have money. I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, up and walk. Get up and walk. Then <laughs> Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's coronet, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Kind of like you, Russell, with your, with your bucket and feeding people, right? <laughs> For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Amen. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, 
your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Boom! I think the thing that stands out the most in this story to me, and I've, and I've always... <clears throat> Whenever you watch, when you watch a, a, a Christian show and they show people being healed and stuff, it's like they get up and they wobble and all these things. It never says that in the Bible. They are healed and they're not wobbling. They, they get up and they, I mean, you know, and and they do. I mean, they, they get up and, and they they are healed completely. They have the balance. They have the strength. They have everything, you know. And I realize it's so easy for us. Well, they don't have balance, you know. They've been there, but but God doesn't work like that. He gives you everything. Immediately. Immediately. It doesn't, it's, you know, whatever. If we, you know, if we, if I live on that faith. <laughs> way to go. Way to go. If I live on that faith thing and, and, and I'm expecting something, God and God works, he's going to work completely. It's not going to be just a little bit. And and that's what I think of whenever I, you know, in the Hebrew, you never hear, you never hear it in the Bible. Well, you know, he had to wobble a little bit. He got up. No, he got up and he ran. He got, I mean, he just, it was just, he was healed boom, completely. Right. All right, let, here's the next one from Luke. Oh, go ahead. Oh, or should we talk about What? Okay. The crowds asked, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. I think, Michelle, that's exactly what you were saying, right? Do good. Mm -hmm. Do good. Right. Well, and with the previous story, it, you know, if they were not in a position where their needs were at a baseline of being met, I mean, they basically said, we're not just going to hand you money, we're going to get to the root cause and fix the problem, right? So once once you're in a position where you have two shirts, I mean, it's just a much easier position to be in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To help others. Well, and it, it goes to that, I mean, if you, if you have to heal yourself first, you have to take care of yourself first so that you have it to give to others. Right. You know, that's it. That's... It's like the water pitcher. You can only, you cannot pour from an empty pitcher. Exactly. You ha it has to be mm -hmm. full so that you, it can overflow. Exactly. Yeah. This exactly. is so cool. So I'm going to read uh, Brenda's comment from when we did this study. I <laughs> oh, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my comment. So Brenda said, I can't give what I don't have. Yeah. So I must acquire money so I have something to share. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that I beautiful? That. You're so insightful. <laughs> I was writing it, not talking. <laughs> but that is awesome, girl. Mm -hmm. 
And using that shirt analogy, dang, I want like a whole closet full yeah. of shirts. Right. Right? Yes. Good news, my closet overfloweth. <laughs> She can dress a lot of people. Welcome to my world. She will not even let me in the closet anymore. Because I want to get in there and just... No. No. And I said, use money to meet our needs to the extent that we are free to advance his kingdom. That's it. Well, and uh, you know, in our home, we make an effort to really be mindful of our purchases and have a minimalist type of mentality. So... It really is just meeting your needs. Do we have what we need? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We still oh sure buy things, you know. Oh, but, yeah. but you should yeah. have seen all the groceries that Michelle bought for There's this a lot retreat. Of <laughs> we need a lot of fish and bread this weekend. I need a big lunch box. <laughs> That's right. And she's a good and she's a wonderful caretaker. Oh, she's, so she's, is Brenda. <laughs> all, she needs to learn how to take it. As, uh, a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, that was good. Oh, wow. I want to share the love. I know. I understand. She's, I understand. That's her connecting You guys, this community is just so, and you're getting, I think, a feel for it here just by the interaction. I mean, we don't judge each other. We're for each other. We're in harmony. And we have these kinds of discussions all the time. And it's so awesome to do it around the Bible and what God is is working how the Holy Spirit's working on us yeah this is the most valuable stuff right here you can't purchase anything that is as valuable as this time here you you can't you will never recreate it (laughs) right yeah Yeah, you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. I love it what is what is today this is the golden hour Ooh. what's the date today somebody tell me the 30th the 29th 29th all right so we're gonna read the verse of the day going a little long today but that's okay so I want everybody after I read this just a quick thought from everybody on how this impacts them demonstrate your trust in me so funny that's just who we're talking about that's a God way (laughs) that was in bold demonstrate your trust in me by sitting quietly in my presence put aside all that is waiting to be done and refuse to worry about anything the sacred time together, oh my gosh, strengthens you and prepares you to face whatever the day will bring. By waiting with me before you begin the day's activities, you proclaim the reality of my living presence. This act of faith, waiting before working, is noted in the spirit world, where your demonstration of trust weakens principalities and powers of darkness. The most effective way to resist evil is to draw near me. When you need to take action, I will guide you clearly through my spirit and my word. The world is so complex and overstimulating that you can easily lose your sense of direction. Doing countless unnecessary activities will dissipate your energy. When you spend time with me, I restore your sense of direction. As you look to me for guidance, I enable you to do less but accomplish more. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or about your body what you will wear consider the ravens they do not sow or reap they have no storeroom or barn yet god feeds them and how much more valuable you are than birds who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And finally from Proverbs, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. For the love. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it, girl. That's what you it. got? What that's, you got? No, that's it. I mean, that's it. that was the theme. That happens all the time, I feel like, when we start on something, a theme comes. So I think for me, it's the hashtag believe today. Mm-hmm. How about you, Russell? Well, I always think, you know, I mean, what I, what I said to Michelle, it's so important for us to receive when people are giving, you know, and, and I... I'm not good about ta- about taking compliments either. Sometimes slightly, you know. And as you as you read that, you think about you know, he's talking about you know the things that we need to do. But we got we got to learn to receive. If we don't receive well, we can't give well. Oh, I like that. Yes. How about you, Michelle? Well, it's interesting that the word trust came up because this morning, I mean, you never know what squirrely direction your brain's going to take. You. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning. Um, trust has really been on my heart and I was trying to think back to some of the early moments when I stopped trusting Mm. and he says at the very beginning trust in me like you don't have to worry about when your trust was broken (laughs) with other people you know or how people people are going to fail you all the time but, like that's just how we're designed. Yeah. So yes. it's gonna happen today. It's, it's gonna, gonna happen, happen today. Gonna, so stop looking for the evidence that you can't trust humans when all we need to do is trust in oh, the Lord. Isn't that freeing, really Michelle? Yeah. I mean, think about that. Doesn't it just, that gave me goosebumps yeah. right here. <laughs> it frees your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It does. To be serving Him. Right. And that's what all He wants. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, do not worry. Yes. <laughs> he said that in here. Yes. Do not worry. Yeah. Because he knows that's a Satan trick. Yeah. Because if we're worrying, we're not focusing on him. We're not focusing on love. We're not doing for his kingdom. Right. Oh, it's so powerful. I love the Proverbs. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Amen. Yes. Search my heart. Yeah. If our, you know, if we commit everything to him, we're going to succeed. Yeah. It's, it's a given. So to the extent that we aren't succeeding, it's because we haven't committed. There's something we're holding on to that we haven't. That's the way I look at it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so that's why I always say every morning, all right, dude, search my heart. What haven't I given? What haven't I surrendered to you? Search my heart and reveal it to me. And I promise to the best of my ability, if you reveal it to me, I'm on it. I'm going to make it happen. It's beautiful. And what do I need to receive? Yes. Boom! Here we go. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much. We went a little long today, but I think that you hopefully will enjoy it. Pass this podcast on to somebody else. Subscribe to this podcast, you guys. This is powerful stuff we feel, the four of us collectively here. And um, maybe there's just one person out there that needs to hear this. We, I talked to um, a guy in Lincoln the other day. I was preparing for one-on-one with him. He's an accountant dude in Lincoln. And in preparation for our meeting, he said, I listened to your podcast. And he spent the first five minutes just on fire and so happy. He said, I'm an accountant. And I always tell people, I put God and I put family and I put story before ROI. And other accountants look at me like I'm nuts. He said, but you, I listened to you and Brenda and you guys have it right. And he feels like 
He said, I feel like I'm, I'm home. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, well, you're in our business now. Mm -hmm. you, you're going to be part of this tribe. So that's the power. So, you know, maybe there is somebody out there that needs to hear this and needs to be empowered by what we're doing. Because we are, we're going to be bold. We're going to transform some lives. We're going to get people out of isolation into community. Okay, so until next time, have a fantastic, fantastic day. You guys, and go out and love somebody. Make a difference in somebody's world. Yeah. That's, that's the key. That's what we can do today. Don't worry about crazy crap that's going on or don't turn on the news or I could go on forever just go out and love somebody that's it Brilliant. all right thanks you guys and until next time this is Robert Bolden life transform we get people out of isolation into community we are the intentional gatherers we'll see you next time Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this awesome day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coffee and Christ. And you guys, Brenda and I, again, this is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed. We get people out of isolation and into community. You guys, I'm so excited, I can't stand it. I'm looking out over a lake. What is the name of this lake? Hidden Cove. Hidden Cove Lake mm -hmm. in North Bend. I can see the sun coming up on a dock just adjacent to where we are. We're on a little sun porch here. And what is really exciting is um, I've got, we have two of our most amazing partners, brothers and sisters in Christ uh, with us this morning. Uh, Russell Shaw and Michelle Magner. Good morning. Good to be here. It's a crowd. <laughs> it's a crowd. And we've got our coffee and we're on the sun porch and Michelle made an awesome sign, coffee in Christ. You guys want to put pictures up on social media. With a hashtag. Of the, of the scene, yeah, and the setting that we have here. Uh, so you can you can just um, close close your eyes and imagine that you're here with us. And I'm, I'm uh, going to give you another exciting announcement. I'm going to start a pod that we're going to release on Thursdays. And it's all about big dreams. So we are going to be interviewing people and talking about their big dreams. Now that is awesome. It's exciting. Isn't it exciting? All right, you guys. Let's get right to it. The verse of the day today. Ooh, it's going weird on me. Is yeah. this the one you have here? Technical difficulties. Well, that's what I'm trying to find. Sometimes the Bible app goes weird. I think I've got it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Say more. Well, I... Yes, I think that that's, um, <laughs> um, I think it, what's just saying that when we're, when we're serving, we're not doing it to say, look at me. So uh, we're serving because that's what we are called to do. Jesus called us to serve. So we do it without, um, needing to have applause. That's, that's yeah. Applause for Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And you guys, I want you to give us comments. Brenda's trying to talk louder because she got some <laughs> great feedback yesterday. Go ahead, babe. I'm three quarters of the way done with this coffee. By the time I'm done, I'll be loud. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What I hear is the five second rule, right? You just jump in and do it. Don't, don't overthink oh. it. Don't overthink it. Don't analyze it too much. I like that. Jump in there and, and help. That helps me, Michelle, because I was getting nothing. I read that, I'm like, <laughs> hmm. That's the cool thing about the Bible, right? Yeah. Just like if I was reading this in isolation, just me, I'd be like, well, <clears throat> don't know. <laughs> and I would just go on, right? Russell, anything from you on this one? Well, I'm just, I was just thinking about how whenever, you know, I mean, not letting the left hand know what the right hand's doing. You know, it's all about doing it just for Christ. The fact that this goes back to, to loving unconditionally. I mean, you know, everything in the Bible points to Christ. And we should all, to me, I mean, because this loving unconditionally thing is really, really, I hate to use the word gnawing at me, but it's... <laughs> Because Bob says I use negative words sometimes. It's a positive <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Bob says, or do you use negative I use words? Ne I use negative words and have a positive meaning for them, okay? So whatever. Something is... So let's just go ahead and go with gnawing. When something is gnawing at me... That's right. <laughs> on my heart. On my heart. There we go. Look gnawing at Michelle, on my heart. The words there, there you go. And, and, you know, so... And it makes me want to spend more time there. It makes me want to say, okay, oh, yeah. if I'm going to love unconditionally... And I've got this desire, this gnawing. How do I change that? Because God wouldn't have put this idea of of unconditional love in there. And I think one of the reasons I sit, I think about that, and it's been high on there, is just because there's so many things going on in our community that people are not loving each other. I mean, they are far from it. And you know, I mean, just a little bit of love. I mean, don't don't you don't have to love them unconditionally. That's a lot of work. But just a little bit of love. I mean, it is. It is. I mean, you know, just a little bit of love. I mean, I mean, you know, the more you think about unconditional love, the, you know, I mean, that's tough. Oh yeah, dude. But I unconditionally love all y'all. Yeah, I know you do. We feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And we boomerang it back. Boomerang it. That'll be a whole nother podcast, you guys. We had a, yeah. the, we were, we're calling it from here on out the Russell Boomerang story. And you guys will hear more about that in the future. All right, you guys, let's go on to the plan here. Oh, now it's it's not showing me the plan. Is it showing you the plan? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to take a picture. Yeah. Okay. The plan is we're moving forward. Just hang in yeah, there. <laughs> my phone is going walkie for. Oh wait, my plan is maybe I got it right here. Come on, baby. But you know, in your own life, as you're thinking about what it means to, to love unconditionally, you know, think about everything that you do, everything that you walk into, and, and situations you get into, and you think, how can I do this and love unconditionally? Because that's tough. I'm just talking while Bob's bringing this up. So. But I mean, but this is still, I mean, it's, it's important. And, you know, and if we don't practice what we talk about, 
it's hard to get good at it. Right. Well, and you have, you really have to center yourself. When oh you're, yeah. You have to have a mindful, centered approach yeah. when you're walking into those situations because otherwise you're just autopilot. Mm-hmm. And who yeah. knows what is. And that five-second rule yeah. works so good for unconditional loving because if you want to love, this is so good because if you're using that five-second rule and you really want to love somebody, your 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 first inclination is going to be, how do I love? But if right. you don't do that within that five seconds, it's boop. Yeah. Because it goes against what we really are comfortable doing. This like, Holy Spirit, you know, baby. Yeah. That's it. As you know. All right, we got it now. We okay. found it. I'm going to actually go back to one of the other ones that we did because we just finished that other plan yesterday. Yeah, we did. So here we go. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. This will be fun. Have joy and money. If you've been in church long enough, you've probably heard the pastor say, Jesus spoke on money more than any other topic. It's true that Jesus and the Bible have a lot to say about money, but this doesn't help your anxiety over it. I want to introduce you to a new perspective about your relationship with money. Not long ago, I learned that our anxiety around money can stem from what financial counselors Brad and Ted Klontz call money disorders. If you thumb through the Bible, it's easy to see We do have a disordered relationship with money. Fortunately for us, the Bible speaks to every common money disorder and gives us a clear path to joy in our finances. I want to show you what the Bible has to say on the three common money disorders. Afterwards, you can identify which relationship fits you the most and take the steps to reclaim your heart from the pull of money. The first money disorder is called money avoidance. In short, You want to avoid money altogether. This disordered relationship can force you to get rid of money fast, not look at your bank account, and earn less than what you need. Money avoidance can also result from a belief that God doesn't want us to have money. But the Bible is clear that the love of money is what we should avoid, not money itself. Money, in fact, is used for many good kingdom purposes. In Acts 2, we see the fellowship of believers giving money to those who need it. Further in Acts, we see Paul earn money through his craft of tent making. He used the money he earned in a kingdom honoring way. I remember when I first re- read this, I'm like, dang, Paul was a tent maker. <laughs> I wonder what kind of tents that dude made. I would have loved to have a Paul vintage. Just think about that. Yeah. He used to be Saul. He was Paul. He started making tents. You're like, dude, I got a Paul tent. <laughs> I think that would be so awesome. The temptation here is to believe that all of our money should be given to others and not ourselves. This is a form of money avoidance because we're avoiding money to the point where our needs are neglected. But if you look at how Paul describes his work in Acts 20, 33-35, you'll see that Paul says the goal of his money is to meet his needs. Nowhere in the Bible does it say money is a necessary evil. And we hear that all the time. I say that all the time. (laughs) I say that all the time. Nowhere, it's not in the Bible. So you know how you say, this is a great one, babe, because you always say, I filter everything through the Bible. So this is a great lesson for you. Mm -hmm. Something you say and use your own uh, method where you're like, oh, dang, I didn't see that in the Bible. So it's not true. You see how I said that kind of meekly because I don't know if I... Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. still got hot coffee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Instead, we see snapshots of committed... Hold on. 
we see snapshots of committed disciples working for money, taking care of their needs, and giving back to the kingdom. If money is avoided, our needs get ignored. And if our needs are ignored, our impact for the kingdom can be slowed. Today, pray that God would reveal your fear surrounding money. If you have a habit of letting go of money too fast or avoiding it altogether, pray that God would heal this disordered relationship with money. <clears throat> yes, God, please heal it. <laughs> <laughs> well, say more about that, babe. I definitely think I have the uh, money avoidance. I think that one is for sure me. I don't, I don't like, I hate looking at my bank account. Mm. I just don't like it. And I've tried that, the visualization, Bob says, every time you write a check to um, somebody, thank them or think, you know, and I, I'm not, I haven't been as consistent with it because I don't enjoy it. Um, you know what? <laughs> I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy it. it. I don't I enjoy, enjoy it. it. So I think that's definitely my, my thing. And I do think that that has been my mindset, that money is a necessary evil. And um, I always think of, I think of money as the way to acquire um, safety so that I have the freedom to do the things that I really think God is calling me to do. Interesting. Yeah. And that's about as that's about as warm and fuzzy as I can get around money. So I love at this point. So it's interesting, you said money gives you safety. Mm-hmm. To, and then it gives me freedom to do the things that I want to do, you know, um, with the table and things like that. Like I'm thinking of it as more of a tool than a treasure. I mean, I used to think you had you had to choose love or money. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never marry for money. I wanted to be sure I married mm-hmm. for love. And it's been in the last five years that it dawned on me, wow, I could have both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad I married for love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> women yes. don't marry for money, do they? Yeah. Yes. yes, you are. <laughs> People, not just women. Right. People. People. Yeah, good one. I like yeah. that. But we really, in our home, have this saying we are money magnets money flows to us freely we talk a lot Mm. Maxwell talks about being a river and so we we talk about that a lot just we are money magnets and it's interesting the little checks that show up in the mail Mm. as a result of that Um, but it takes money to build churches yeah it takes money to pay pastors it takes money Mm -hmm. you know to do the good work in the community that we Mm want to do Mm That's it right. takes it takes money to love unconditionally when you want to help other people. I mean, no, not always, but I mean that's a lot of times. In order for somebody to feel loved, sometimes you have to help meet a need, mm-hmm. you know. And that might be just taking somebody down to, to get a sandwich somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have enough money to buy a sandwich, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and I mean I know that's that's very simple, but I mean it's just it's so true. I mean well, you know because they're not going to listen. They're not interested in what you got to say. They're not, and I wonder about the start, you know. Right. You started, that's maybe a strong well, word. but Jesus fed people. Like he did. That's how that's right. he was, I mean, but he was Jesus and he could take yeah. a fish and a, and a bread and feed 4,000 people, you know. So, yeah. But you're right. I mean, I think that's, and I um, think very practically, and so I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if your basic human needs are not being met, you will not be able to um, minister to the next level of need. You, I mean, we just have to have food. Yeah. We have to have food, water, shelter, and before we can give them hope. Even though on your um, scale, Michelle, have you heard of scale? No, I'll have to Yeah, so on your scale, hope you can live 
the least amount of time without, but without the other two, you are, you know, you, you but have guess to what? Those. Guess what? Are you talking about the four, four. things? Guess yeah. what? Water, 40 minutes. 40 minutes of. Let's see. 40 days without okay. food. Okay, let's get this going. 40. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I like this. 40, 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but you can only live four seconds without hope. That's good. And what I say to all that, I love it. I mean, Maslow and all, you know, I, I did some research on Maslow. He was jacked up. It's one thing he did. <laughs> it's one of those things where God supersedes all of that. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, yeah we, we as humans, we can say, oh, yeah, we've got these basic needs. And, well, yeah, if we believe that, then it'll be true. Yeah. If we believe it, it'll be true. God... It says it all over the Bible, right? He is our food. He is He is everything. We don't need anything but Him. He will feed us. He yeah. will take care of our basic needs. All of those things. So I think um, for me, I can just speak for me, if I hold on to any of those things that I have to, you know, have this world meet these basic needs before I can, you know, then I think I'm letting God down. I'm like, he's like, dude, come on now. Look yeah. at the Bible. What else is in there? And then the other thing for me on this is Satan. Mm -hmm. Right? The reason you see money show up so much in the Bible is because God knows that that's Satan's biggest trick. Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, to honor money over God and God's yeah. love. So, so Jesus, you know, all the things, all the ways that he, he taught, and we're going to read some of them here coming up. So it's amazing to me that, that, and I, you guys know me, I'm an upholder. And once I know money is a Satan trick, I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> ain't happening to this boy, you know? And it hasn't come overnight. I mean, I had a negative, um, perception and I had a, had self-doubts around money because people that I saw had money were always, and I know I should never use always, but I saw a lot of people that weren't honest. They were uh, not honorable people. The people that I saw as I went up the corporate ladder that had money, I'm like, well, that's not right. Yeah. Right. And that's a trick. That's a Satan trick too. Yeah. These people that have taken, you know, they, they go for money all their lives and then they get there. My mom gave me something from Joseph Campbell once and it's like, you know, so many people climb the ladder looking for the pot of the gold at the end yeah. and they get there, they got all this money and they realize the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah. Boom. They went, yeah, they went the wrong way all yeah. this time. Yeah. Well, Tony Robbins tells us that money just amplifies who we already are. Yes. yes. Oh. So I love that, Michelle. <laughs> yes. yes. So those, you know, for those individuals, it just made them more of who they already were, which I think for the people in this room, we need the money. We don't yeah. need it, but do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, we can want, do yeah. such good we with it. We can do such good with that money, so it's important to have that perspective. Yes, yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are, that are good at making money just they, they do it because they do love it, you know. You know, Warren Buffett. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know how old he is. You know, it's like in his eighties or something. But he still gets up every day to make money, and he doesn't need it 
but he loves doing it. Yeah. It and is, he's good at it. Yeah. yeah. And he's doing good stuff with it. Yeah. Doing good stuff with it. That's right. We, we don't know for sure. Right. But that's yeah. it goes back to exactly what you said. You know, why are you doing it? And he's like, I just love making money. Yeah. Own, you know. Well, aren't we all doing what we love? Like, I love, <clears throat> like, I really love what I do. And, but, yeah, I love what I do. So... I need to stop at that, and I need not to worry about the money. It's funny when you said you, you guys are money magnets, and I think you as magners, magnets. Yes, I'm yeah. like I th- I feel that I see that, yes. and then with Bob, it's always like um, he's a bolden, but he's so bold. Like yes. I, it's so very um, descriptive. Yeah, and I am. I, uh, I always joke that Bob is like literally Mr. Magoo yeah. with the money. <laughs> it just comes, you know, there could be a disaster. Somehow he avoids the disaster and winds up, you know, in another... I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> but I think to your point, it's um, that money... I mean, it, it can flow through us. Mm-hmm. And it can... If we're in service to people, the money will come. Right. And if we're adding value to people, the Boom. money will come. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that's what God wants. Well, sewing, yeah. sewing, sewing. We just have to do what we love. Whenever we go back to the thing about the the bread and the and the food and feeding all these people, um, God has an abundance, and, and we can do the same. We can show up at a place with just a lunchbox and feed all those people, just like Jesus did. We we have a we have a, we have a faith problem sometimes. I mean, just I mean, you know. And so I love the way you said we, and then I'm going to admit it. <laughs> I haven't met a whole lot of people that, that you know, even people with a lot of faith, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, you know, I've got a, I've got a faith problem. And faith is a big, is a big word in, in, a, in our Christian's life. It's huge. And I, you know, that's a powerful thing, Russell. And I was, I was, Brenda probably loves this because I always get on her about all these kinds of things. When Yes. I'm so glad that the, the, the <laughs> arrow is pointed at others. So, yeah. When we say we, that that is a that is a way to say well really you i'm just saying we to be polite oh no <laughs> no people I mean, take it too, that yeah. way i know yeah. so i have been trying always hard to say i yeah for me i cuz then people relate more true to you you know if i can say i was jacked up around money because i was avoiding it then people are like Oh yeah, I was. I yeah. am too. I can relate. Right. If we say we, then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. we. Proverbial me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a faith problem because I know I'm going to have enough faith that like I can use my lunch lunchbox to feed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, brother. All right, let's get into some scripture here. <laughs> All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Peter heals a crippled beggar. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate. 
the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could be so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have money. I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, up and walk. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's coronade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Kind of like you, Russell, with your, with your bucket and feeding people, right? <laughs> For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Amen. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Boom! I think the thing that stands out the most in this story to me, and I've, and I've always, <clears throat> whenever you watch... When you watch a, a, a Christian show and they show people being healed and stuff, it's like they get up and they wobble and all these things. It never says that in the Bible. Mm. They are healed and they're not wobbling. They, they get up yeah. and they, I mean, you know, and, and they do. I mean, they, they get up and, and they they are healed completely. They have the balance. They have the strength. They have everything, you know, and I realize it's so easy for us. Well, they don't have balance, you know, they've been like, but, but God doesn't work like that. He gives you everything immediately. Immediately, it doesn't. It's you know whatever. If we, you know, if we, if I live on that faith, <laughs> <laughs> way to go, way to go. If I live on that faith thing, 
and 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 I'm expecting something God and God works he's gonna work completely it's not gonna be just a little bit and and that's what I think of whenever I you know in the he you never hear you never hear it in the Bible well you know he had to wobble a little bit he got up no he got up and he ran he got I mean he just it was says he was healed boom, completely right all right let, here's the next one from Luke oh go ahead oh or should we talk about what okay the crowds asked, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. I think Michelle has exactly what you were saying, right? Do good. Do good. Right. Well, and with the previous story, it you know, if they were not in a position where their needs were at a baseline of being met, I mean, they basically said, we're not just going to hand you money, we're going to get to the root cause and fix the problem, mm-hmm. right? So once, once you're in a position where you have two shirts, I mean, it's just a much easier position to be in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Help others. Well, and it, it goes to that. I mean, if you if you have to heal yourself first, you have to take care of yourself first so that you have it to give to others. Right. You know, that's it. That's. It's know. like the water pitcher. You can only, you cannot pour from an empty pitcher. Exactly. You ha- it has to be mm-hmm. full so that you, it can overflow. Exactly. Yeah. This exactly. is so cool. So I'm going to read uh, Brenda's comment from when we did this study. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my comment. So Brenda said, I can't give what I don't have. Yeah. So I must acquire money so I have something to share. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that I beautiful? Can see myself saying that. You're so insightful. <laughs> I was writing it, not talking. <laughs> but that is awesome, girl. Mm-hmm. And using that shirt analogy, dang, I want like a whole closet full yeah. of shirts. Right. Right? Yes. Good news, my closet overflow it. <laughs> She can dress a lot of people. Welcome to my world. She will not even let me in the closet anymore. Because I want to get in there and just... No. And I said, use money to meet our needs to the extent that we are free to advance his kingdom. That's it. Well, and you know, in our home, we make an effort to really be mindful of our purchases and have a minimalist type of mentality. So... It really is just meeting your needs. Do we have what we need? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We still oh sure buy things, you know. Oh, but, you should yeah. have seen all the groceries that Michelle bought for There's this a lot of retreat. We need, we need a lot of fish and bread this weekend. I need a big lunch box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And she's a good and she's a wonderful caretaker. She's, she's so is Brenda. <laughs> and she needs to learn how to take it. As, uh, a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that was good. Oh, wow. I want to share the love. I know. I understand. She's, I understand. That's her connecting yeah. us. You guys, this community is just so, and you're getting, I think, a feel for it here just by the interaction. I mean, we don't judge each other. We're for each other. We're in harmony. And we have these kinds of discussions all the time. And it's so awesome to do it around the Bible and what God is is working how the Holy Spirit's working on us yeah this is the most valuable 
stuff right here. Yeah. You can't purchase anything that is as valuable Ooh. as this time here. You, you can't. You will never recreate it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I love it. What is, what is today? This is the golden hour. Ooh. What's the date today? Somebody tell me. The 30th? The 29th, I think. 29th. All right. So we're going to read the verse of the day. Going a little long today, but that's okay. So I want everybody, after I read this, just a quick thought from everybody on how this impacts them. Demonstrate your trust in me. So funny. That's yeah. just who we're talking yeah. about. That's the God <laughs> That was in bold. Demonstrate your trust in me by sitting quietly in my presence. Put aside all that is waiting to be done and refuse to worry about anything. The sacred time together, oh my gosh, strengthens you and prepares you to face whatever the day will bring. By waiting with me before you begin the day's activities, you proclaim the reality of my living presence. This act of faith, waiting before working, is noted in the spirit world, where your demonstration of trust weakens principalities and powers of darkness. The most effective way to resist evil is to draw near me. When you need to take action, I will guide you clearly through my spirit and my word. The world is so complex and overstimulating that you can easily lose your sense of direction. Doing countless unnecessary activities will dissipate your energy. When you spend time with me, I restore your sense of direction. As you look to me for guidance, I enable you to do less but accomplish more. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And finally from Proverbs, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. For yeah. the love. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it, girl. That's what it. you got? What that's, you got? No, that's it. I mean, that's it. that was the theme. That happens all the time, I feel like, when we start on something, a theme comes. So I think for me, it's the hashtag believe today. Mm-hmm. How about you, Russell? Well, I always think, you know, I mean, what I, what I said to Michelle, it's so important for us to receive when people are giving. You know, and, and I, I'm not good about t- about taking compliments either. Sometimes slight, you know. And as you as you read that, you think about, you know, he's talking about, you know, the things that we need to do. But we got we got to learn to receive. If we don't receive well, we can't give well. Oh, I like that. Yes. How are you, Michelle? Well, it's interesting that the word trust came up because this morning, I mean, you never know what squirrely direction your brain's gonna take. You. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning. Um, trust has really been on my heart and I was trying to think back to some of the early moments when I stopped trusting Mm -hmm. and he says at the very beginning trust in me like you don't have to worry about when your trust was broken (laughs) with other people you know or how people are going to fail you all the time 
But like that's just mm-hmm. how we're designed. Yeah. So yes. it's gonna happen today. It's, it's gonna, gonna happen, happen today. Gonna, so stop looking for the evidence that you can't trust humans when all we need to do is trust. Oh, isn't that freeing, Michelle? I mean, think about that. That gave me goosebumps right here. (laughs) It frees your mind. It does. To be serving him. Right. And that's what all he wants. He's like, dude, do not worry. (laughs) He said that in here. Do not worry. Because he knows that's a Satan trick. (laughs) Yeah. Because if we're worrying, we're not focusing on him. We're not focusing on love. We're not doing for his kingdom. Oh, it's so powerful. I love the Proverbs. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Amen. Yes. Search my heart. Yeah. If our, you know, if we commit everything to Him, we're gonna succeed. Yeah. It's it's a given. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so to the extent that we aren't succeeding, it's because we haven't committed. There's something we're holding on to that we haven't. That's the way I look at it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I. So that's why I always say every morning, "All right, dude, search my heart. What haven't I given?" What haven't I surrendered to you? Search my heart and reveal it to me. And I promise, to the best of my ability, if you reveal it to me, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it happen. It's beautiful. And what do I need to receive? Yes. Boom. Here we go. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much. We went a little long today, but I think that you hopefully will enjoy it. Pass this podcast on to somebody else. Subscribe to this podcast, you guys. This is powerful stuff we feel the four of us collectively here and um, maybe there's just one person out there that needs to hear this we I talked to um, a guy in Lincoln the other day I was preparing for one-on-one with him he's accountant dude in Lincoln and in preparation for a meeting he said I listened to your podcast and he spent the first five minutes just on fire and so happy he said I'm an accountant and I always tell people I put God and I put family and I put story before ROI. And other accountants look at me like I'm nuts. He said, but you, well, I listen to you and Brenda and you guys have it right. And I, he feels like, he said, I feel like I'm, I'm home. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, well, you're in our business now. You, you're going to be part of this tribe. So that's the power. So, you know, maybe there is somebody out there that needs to hear this and needs to be empowered by what we're doing. Because we are... We're going to be bold. We're going to transform some lives. We're going to get people out of isolation into community. Okay, so until next time, have a fantastic, fantastic day. You guys, and go out and love somebody. Make a difference in somebody's world. Yeah. That's that's the key. That's what we can do today. Don't worry about the crazy crap that's going on or don't turn on the news or I could go on forever. Just go out and love somebody. That's it. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, you guys, and until next time, this is Robert Bolden, Life Transform. We get people out of isolation into community. We are the intentional gatherers. We'll see you next time. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this awesome day welcome 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 to coffee and christ and you guys brenda and i again this is robert bolden life transformed we get people out of isolation and into community guys i'm so excited i can't stand it i'm looking out over a lake what is the name of this lake hidden cove 
Hidden Cove Lake in North Bend. I can see the sun coming up on a dock just adjacent to where we are. We're on a little sun porch here. And what is really exciting is um, I've got, we have two of our most amazing partners, brothers and sisters in Christ uh, with us this morning. Uh, Russell Shaw and Michelle Magner. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. The crowd. Yeah, the crowd. <laughs> and we've got our coffee, and we're on the sun porch. And Michelle made an awesome sign: "Coffee in Christ." You guys want to put pictures up on social media with a hashtag of the, of the scene, mm -hmm. yeah, and the setting that we have here, uh, so you can you can just um, close close your eyes and imagine that you're here with us. And I'm, I'm uh, going to give you another exciting announcement. I'm going to start a pod that we're going to release on Thursdays. And it's all about big dreams. So we are going to be interviewing people and talking about their big dreams. Now that is awesome. That's exciting. Isn't it exciting? All right, you guys. Let's get right to it. The verse of the day today. Oh, it's going weird on me. Yeah. Is this the one you have here? Technical difficulties. Well, that's what I'm trying to find. Sometimes the Bible app goes weird. I think I've got it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Say more. Well, I... Yes, I think that that's, um, <laughs> um, I think what's well, just saying that when we're, when we're serving, we're not doing it to say, look at me. So uh, we're serving because that's what we are called to do. Jesus called us to serve, so we do it without um, needing to have applause. That's, yeah. And you guys, I want you to give us comments. Brenda's trying to talk louder because she got some great feedback yesterday. Go ahead, babe. I'm three quarters of the way done with this coffee. By the time I'm done, I'll be loud. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What I hear is the five-second rule, right? You just jump in and do it. Don't, don't oh. overthink it. Don't overthink it. Don't analyze it too much. I like that. Jump in there and, and help. That helps me, Michelle, because I was getting nothing. I read that. I'm like, <laughs> hmm. That's the cool thing about the Bible, right? Yeah. Just like if I was reading this in isolation, just me, I'd be like, well, <clears throat> don't know. <laughs> and I would just go on. Right? Russell, anything from you on this one? Well, I'm just, I was just thinking about how whenever, you know, I mean, not letting the left hand know what the right hand's doing, you know, it's all about doing it just for Christ. The fact that this goes back to, to loving unconditionally. I mean, you know, everything in the Bible points to Christ. And we should all, to me, I mean, because this loving unconditionally thing is really, really. 
I hate to use the word gnawing at me, but it's... Because <laughs> Bob says I use negative words sometimes. It's a positive <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Bob says, or do you use negative I use ne- words? <laughs> I use negative words and have a positive meaning for them, okay? So whatever. Something is... So let's just go ahead and go with gnawing. When something is gnawing at me... <laughs> On my heart. There we go. Look at Michelle. There there you go. And, and, you know, so, and it makes me want to spend more time there. It makes me want to say, okay, if I'm going to love unconditionally and I've got this desire, this gnawing, how do I change that? Because God wouldn't have put this idea of of unconditional love in there. And I think one of the reasons I I think about that and it's been high on there is just because there's so many things going on in our community that people are not loving each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are far from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, just a little bit of love. I mean, uh, don't, don't, you don't have to love them unconditionally. That's a lot of work. But just a little <laughs> bit of love. I mean, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just a little bit of love. I mean, I mean, you know, the more you think about unconditional love, the, you know, I mean, that's tough. Oh yeah, dude. Too, but I unconditionally love all y'all. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> you feel it. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we boomerang it back. We boomerang, boomerang it. Back. Oh, that'll be a whole nother podcast, you guys. We had a. Yeah. The, we were we're calling it from here on out the Russell Boomerang story, <laughs> and so you guys good. will hear more about that in the future. All right, you guys, let's go on to the plan here. Oh, now it's it's not showing me the plan. Is it showing you the plan? The plan is we're moving forward. Just hang in there. Yeah, <laughs> my phone is going wonky. For oh wait, my plan is maybe I got it right here. Come on, baby. But you know, in your own life, as you're thinking about what it means to, to love unconditionally, you know, think about everything that you do, everything that you walk into, and, and situations you get into, and you think, how can I do this and love unconditionally? Because that's tough. I'm just talking while Bob's bringing this up. So. But I mean, but this is still, I mean, it's, it's important. And, you know, and if we don't practice what we talk about, it's hard to get good at it. Right. Well, and you, have, you really have to center yourself. When oh, you're, yeah. You have to have a mindful, centered approach yeah. when you're walking you, into those situations because otherwise you're just autopilot. Mm-hmm. And who yeah. knows what it is. And that five second rule yeah. works so good for unconditional loving because if you want to love, this is so good because if you're using that five second rule and you really want to love somebody, your 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 first inclination is going to be, how do I love? Mm-hmm. But if right. you don't do that within that five seconds, it's boop. Yeah. Because it goes against what we really are comfortable doing. This like, Holy Spirit, you know, baby. Yeah. That's it. As you know. All right, we got it now. We okay. found it. I'm going to actually go back to one of the other ones that we did because we just finished that other plan yesterday. Yeah, we did. So here we go. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. This will be fun. Have joy and money. If you've been in church long enough, you've probably heard the pastor say, Jesus spoke on money more than any other topic. It's true that Jesus and the Bible have a lot to say about money, but this doesn't help your anxiety over it. I want to introduce you to a new perspective about your relationship with money. Not long ago, I learned that our anxiety around money can stem from what financial counselors Brad and Ted Klontz call money disorders. If you thumb through the Bible, it's easy to see. We do have a disordered relationship with money. Fortunately for us, the Bible speaks to every common money disorder. 
and gives us a clear path to joy in our finances. I want to show you what the Bible has to say on the three common money disorders. Afterwards, you can identify which relationship fits you the most and take the steps to reclaim your heart from the pull of money. The first money disorder is called money avoidance. In short, you want to avoid money altogether. This disordered relationship can force you to get rid of money fast, not look at your bank account, and earn less than what you need. Money avoidance can also result from a belief that God doesn't want us to have money. But the Bible is clear that the love of money is what we should avoid, not money itself. Money, in fact, is used for many good kingdom purposes. In Acts 2, we see the fellowship of believers giving money to those who need it. Further in Acts, we see Paul earn money through his craft of tent making. He used the money he earned in a kingdom honoring way. I remember when I first re read this, I'm like, dang, Paul was a tent maker. <laughs> I wonder what kind of tents that dude made. I would have loved to have a Paul vintage. Just think about that. Yeah. He used to be Saul. He was Paul. He started making tents. You're like, dude, I got a Paul tent. <laughs> I think that would be so awesome. The temptation here is to believe that all of our money should be given to others and not ourselves. This is a form of money avoidance because we're avoiding money to the point where our needs are neglected. But if you look at how Paul describes his work in Acts 20, 33-35, you'll see that Paul says the goal of his money is to meet his needs. Nowhere in the Bible does it say money is a necessary evil. And we hear that all the time. I we? say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I say that all the time. Nowhere, it's not in the Bible. So you know how you say, this is a great one, babe, because you always say, I filter everything through the Bible. So this is a great lesson for you. Mm -hmm. Something you say and use your own uh, method where you're like, oh, dang, I didn't see that in the Bible. So it's not true. <laughs> you see how I said that kind of meekly because I don't know if I... Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. still got hot coffee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Instead, we see snapshots of committed... Hold on. We see snapshots of committed disciples working for money, taking care of their needs, and giving back to the kingdom. If money is avoided, our needs get ignored. And if our needs are ignored, our impact for the kingdom can be slowed. Today, pray that God would reveal your fear surrounding money. If you have a habit of letting go of money too fast or avoiding it altogether, pray that God would heal this disordered relationship with money. Yes, God, please heal it. <laughs> well, say more about that, babe. I definitely think I have the uh, money avoidance. I think that one is for sure me. I don't, I don't like, I hate looking at my bank account. Mm. I just don't like it. And I've tried that, the visualization, Bob says, every time you write a check to um, somebody, thank them or think, you know, and I, I'm not, I haven't been as consistent with it because I don't enjoy it. Um, you know what? I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy it. it. I don't enjoy it. So I think that's definitely my my thing. And I do think that that has been my mindset, that money is a necessary evil. And um, I always think of, I think of money as the way to acquire um, safety so that I have the freedom to do the things that I really think God is calling me to do. Interesting. Yeah. And that's about as that's about as warm and fuzzy as I can get around money. 
So I love, at this point. So it's interesting. You said money gives you safety. Mm-hmm. To, and then it gives me freedom to do the things that I want to do, you know, um, with the table and things like that. Like I'm thinking of it as more of a tool than a treasure. I really, I mean, I used to think you had, you had to choose love or money. Mm-hmm. Like I would never marry for money. I wanted to be sure I married mm-hmm. for love. And it's been in the last five years that it dawned on me, wow, I could have both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad I married for love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Women don't marry for money, do they? Yeah. Yes. yes, you are. <laughs> People, not just women. Right. People. People. Oh, good one. I like yeah. it. But we really in our home have this saying we are money magnets money flows to us freely we talk a lot mm-hmm. Maxwell talks about being a river and so we we talk about that a lot just we are money magnets and it's interesting the little checks that show up in the mail mm-hmm. as a result of that yeah. um, but it takes money to build churches yeah it takes money to pay pastors it takes money mm-hmm. you know to do the good work in the community yep. that we mm-hmm. want to do mm-hmm that's it right. takes it takes money to love unconditionally when you want to help other people. I mean, no, not always, but I mean that's a lot of times. In order for somebody to feel loved, sometimes you have to help meet a need, you know. And that might be just taking somebody down to, to get a sandwich somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have enough money to buy a sandwich, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and I mean I know that's that's very simple, but I mean it's just, it's so true. I mean well, you know because they're not going to listen. They're not interested in what you got to say. They're not wondering about the start. You know. Right. Started that's maybe a strong well, word, but Jesus fed people. Like he did. that's how that's right. he was. I mean, but he was Jesus, and he could take yeah. a fish and a, and a bread and feed four thousand people. You know. Yeah. So, but you're right. I mean, I think that's, and I um, think very practically. And so I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if your basic human needs are not being met, you will not be able to. Um, minister to the next level of need. You, I mean, we just have to have food. Yeah. We have shelter. to have food, water, shelter, and before we can give them hope. Even though on your um, scale, Michelle, have you heard of scale? No. I'll yeah. So on that. your scale, hope you can live the least amount of time without. But without the other two, you are. You know. You. you but have guess to what? Those. Guess what? Are you talking about the four, four. things? Guess yeah. what? Water, Forty minutes. Forty minutes of. Let's see. 40 days without okay, food. Okay, let's get this going. 40. <laughs> <laughs> I was it? I like this. 40, 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but you can only live four seconds without hope. Wow. That's powerful. That's good. And what I say to all of that, I love it. I mean, Maslow and all... You know, I, I did some research on Maslow. He was jacked up. It's one thing he did. <laughs> it's one of those things where God supersedes all of that. Absolutely. All right? So, yeah, you know, we, we as humans, we can say, oh, yeah, we've got these basic needs. And, well, yeah, if we believe that, then it'll be true. Yeah. If we believe it, it'll be true. God, it says it all over the Bible, right? He is our food. He is He is everything. We don't need anything but Him. He will feed us. He yeah. will take care of our basic needs. All of those things. So I think um, for me, I can just speak for me, if I hold on to any of those things that I have to, you know, have this world meet these basic needs before I can, you know, 
then I think I'm letting God down. I'm like, he's like, dude, come on now. Look at the Bible. What else is in there? And then the other thing for me on this is Satan. Right? The reason you see money show up so much in the Bible is because God knows that that's Satan's biggest trick. Uh-huh. Is, is, you know, to honor money over God and God's yeah. love. So, so Jesus, you know, all the things, all the ways that he, he taught, and we're going to read some of them here coming up. So it's amazing to me that, that and I, you guys know me, I'm an upholder. And once I know money is a Satan trick, I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> ain't happening to this boy, you know? And it hasn't come overnight. I mean, I had a negative um, perception and I had, a, had self-doubts around money because people that I saw had money were always, and I know I should never use always, but I saw a lot of people that weren't honest. They were uh, not honorable people. The people that I saw as I went up the corporate ladder that had money, I'm like, well, that's not right. Yeah. Right? And that's a trick. That's a Satan trick, too. Yeah. These people that have taken, you know, they they go for money all their lives, and then they get there. My mom gave me something from Joseph Campbell once, and it's like, you know, so many people climb the ladder looking for the pot of the gold at the end, yeah. and they get there. They had all this money, and they realize the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah. Boom. They you went, know? Yeah, they went the wrong way all yeah. this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tony Robbins tells us that money just amplifies who we already are. Yes. yes. Oh. So I love that, Michelle. <laughs> yes. yes. So those, you know, for those individuals, it just made them more of who they already were, which I think for the people in this room, we need the money. We don't yeah. need it, but do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, we can want, do yeah. such good we with it. We can do such good with that money, so it's important to have that perspective. Yes, yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are, that are good at making money just they, they do it because they do love it, you know. You know, Warren Buffett. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know how old he is, you know, like in his eighties or something, but he still gets up every day to make money and he doesn't need it, but he loves doing it. Yeah. It is, he's good isn't at it. Yeah. He's doing good stuff with it. That's right. We we don't know for money. sure. Right. But that's yeah. it goes back to exactly what you said. You know, why are you doing it? And he's like, I just love making money. Well, aren't we all doing what we love? Like, I love, like, I really love what I do. And, but, yeah, I love what I do. So, I need to stop at that. And I need not to worry about the money. It's funny, when you said (laughs) you you guys are money magnets, and I think you, as magners, magnets. I'm like, I I feel that, I see that. And then with Bob, it's always like, um, he's a bolden, but he's so bold. Like, it's so very... Um, descriptive, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I am. I always joke that Bob is like literally Mr. Magoo yeah. with the money. Yeah. <laughs> it, just comes. it just comes. You know, there could be a disaster. Somehow he avoids the disaster and winds up. You know, in another. I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> but I think to your point, it's um, that money. I mean, it, it can flow through us, mm-hmm. and it can. If we're in service to people, the money will come. Right. And if we're adding value to people, the Boom. money will come. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what God wants. Sewing, sewing, sewing. We just have to do what we love. Whenever we go back to the thing about the the bread and the, and the food and feeding all these people, um, God has an abundance and, and we can do the same. We can show up at a place with just a lunchbox and feed all those people just like 
Jesus did, we we have a we have a, we have a faith problem sometimes. I'm mean, just telling you that, you know. And so I love the way you said we, and then I'm going to admit it. <laughs> I haven't met a whole lot of people that, that you know, even people with a lot of faith, you know, sometimes they'll say, "Well, you know, I've got a, I've got a faith problem." I mean, faith is a big is a big word in, in, a, in our Christians' lives. It's huge, and, and I, you know, that's a powerful thing, Russell. And I was, I was, Brenda probably loves this because I always get on her about all these kinds of things. When yes, I'm so glad that the, the, the <laughs> so, arrow is pointed at others. So, yeah. When we say we, that. That is a that is a way to say, well, really you. I'm just saying we to be polite. Oh no, <laughs> no people I mean, take it too, that yeah. way. I know. <laughs> so I have been trying always hard to say I. Yeah. For me, I, because then people relate more. True. To you, you know, if I can say, I was jacked up around money because I was avoiding it, then people are like. Oh yeah, I was. I yeah. am too. I can relate. Right. If we say we, then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. we. Proverbial me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I have a faith problem because I know I'm not going to have enough faith that like I can use my lunch lunchbox to feed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. All right, let's get into some scripture here. <laughs> All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Peter heals a crippled beggar. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could, be, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have money. I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, up and walk. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's coronet, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Kind of like you, Russell, with your, with your bucket and feeding people, right? <laughs> For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. 
but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Amen. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Boom. I think the thing that stands out the most in this story to me, and I've and I've always <clears throat> whenever you watch when you watch a, a, a Christian show and they show people being healed and stuff, it's like they get up and they wobble and all these things. It never says that in the Bible. <laughs> they are healed and they're not wobbling. They, they get up and they, I mean, you know, and, and they do. I mean, they, they get up and, and they they are healed completely. They have the balance. They have the strength. They have everything, you know. And I realize it's so easy for us. Oh, well, they don't have balance, you know. They've been like, but, but God doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. He gives you everything. Immediately. Immediately. It doesn't, it's, you know, whatever. If we, you know, if we, if I live on that faith <laughs> way to go way to go if I live on that faith thing and, and and I'm expecting something God and God works he's gonna work completely it's not gonna be just a little bit and and that's what I think of whenever I you know in the healing you never hear you never hear it in the Bible well you know he had to wobble a little bit he got up no he got up and he ran he got I mean he just it was says he was healed boom, completely right all right let, here's the next one from Luke Oh, go ahead. Oh, or should we talk about... What? Okay. <laughs> the crowds asked, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. I think, Michelle, that's exactly what you were saying, right? Do good. Mm-hmm. Do good. Right. Well, and with the previous story, it, you know, if they were not in a position where their needs were at a baseline of being met, I mean, they basically said, we're not just going to hand you money, we're going to get to the root cause and fix the problem, mm-hmm. right? So once, once you're in a position where you have two shirts... I mean, it's just a much easier position to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To help others. Well, and it, it goes to that. I mean, if you if you have to heal yourself first, you have to take care of yourself first, so that you have it to give to others. Right. You know, that's it. That's. It's know. like the water pitcher. 
you can only you cannot pour from an empty pitcher. Exactly. You ha it has to be mm -hmm. full so that you it can overflow. Exactly. Yeah. This exactly. is so cool. So I'm going to read uh, Brenda's comment from when we did this study. Hmm. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and my my comment. So Brenda said, "I can't give what I don't have, yeah. so I must acquire money." So I have something to share. Oh, yeah. Isn't that I beautiful? Can see that. You're so insightful. <laughs> <laughs> I was writing it, not talking. <laughs> <laughs> but that is awesome, girl. Mm -hmm. And using that shirt analogy, dang, I want like a whole closet full yeah. of shirts. Right. Right? Yes. Good news, my closet overfloweth. <laughs> She can dress a lot of people. Welcome oh, yeah. to my world. She will not even let me in the closet anymore. Because I want to get in there and just... No. No. And I said, use money to meet our needs to the extent that we are free to advance his kingdom. That's mm -hmm. it. Well, and uh, you know, in our home, we make an effort to really be mindful of our purchases and have a minimalist mm -hmm. type of mentality. Mm -hmm. So... It really is just meeting your needs. Do we have what we need? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We still oh sure buy things, you know. Oh, but, yeah. You should yeah. have seen all the groceries that Michelle bought for There's this a lot retreat. Of <laughs> we need a lot of fish and bread this weekend. I need a big lunch box. <laughs> That's right. And she's a good and she's a wonderful caretaker. Oh, she's, so she's... is Brenda. <laughs> so, she needs to learn how to take it. As, uh, a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that was good. Oh, wow. I want to share the love. I know. I understand. She's, I understand. That's her connecting yeah. on her. You guys, this community is just so, and you're getting, I think, a feel for it here just by the interaction. I mean, we don't judge each other. We're for each other. We're in harmony. And we have these kinds of discussions all the time. And it's so awesome to do it around the Bible and what God is is working how the Holy Spirit's working on us yeah this is the most valuable stuff right here yeah. you can't purchase anything that is as valuable Ooh. as this time here you, you can't you will never recreate it yeah. <laughs> yeah. right yeah. yeah you're absolutely right mm -hmm. I love it what is what is today this date? is the golden hour Ooh. what's the date today somebody tell me the 30th the 29th, I think. 29th. 29th. All right. So we're going to read the verse of the day. Going a little long today, but that's okay. So I want everybody, after I read this, just a quick thought from everybody on how this impacts them. Demonstrate your trust in me. So funny. That's Here just what we're talking about. That's a God way. <laughs> that was in bold. Demonstrate your trust in me by sitting quietly in my presence. Put aside all that is waiting to be done and refuse to worry about anything. The sacred time together, oh my gosh, strengthens you and prepares you to face whatever the day will bring. By waiting with me before you begin the day's activities, you proclaim the reality of my living presence. This act of faith, waiting before working, is noted in the spirit world where your demonstration of trust weakens principalities and powers of darkness. The most effective way to resist evil is to draw near me. When you need to take action, I will guide you clearly through my spirit and my word. The world is so complex and overstimulating that you can easily lose your sense of direction. Doing countless unnecessary activities will dissipate your energy. When you spend time with me, I restore your sense of direction. As you look to me for guidance, 
and enable you to do less but accomplish more. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And finally from Proverbs, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. For the love. (laughs) (laughs) Preach it, girl. What you got? What you got? No, that's it. I mean, that was a theme. That happens all the time, I feel like, when we start on something, a theme comes. So I think for me, it's the hashtag believe today. (laughs) How about you, Russell? Well, I always think, you know, I mean, what I I said to Michelle, it's so important for us to receive when people are giving, you know, and and I... I'm not good about ta- about taking compliments either. Sometimes slightly, you know. And as you as you read that, you think about you know, he's talking about you know the things that we need to do. But we got we got to learn to receive. If we don't receive well, we can't give well. Oh, I like that. Yes. How are you, Michelle? Well, it's interesting that the word trust came up because this morning, mm-hmm. I mean, you never know what squirrely direction your brain's going to take you. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning. Um, trust has really been on my heart and I was trying to think back to some of the early moments when I stopped trusting mm. and he says at the very beginning trust in me like That's you don't have to worry about the, when your trust was broken <laughs> with other people you yeah, know or good. how people people are going to fail you all the time but, like that's just how we're designed. Yeah. So yes. it's gonna happen today. It's, it's gonna, gonna happen, happen today. Gonna, so stop looking for the evidence that you can't trust humans when all we need to do is trust. Oh, isn't that freeing, Michelle? I mean, think about that. That gave me goosebumps right here. (laughs) It frees your mind. It does. To be serving Him. Right. And that's what all He wants. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, do not worry. (laughs) He said that in here. Do not worry. Mm -hmm. Because He knows that's a Satan trick. Yeah. Because if we're worrying, we're not focusing on Him. We're not focusing on love. We're not doing for His kingdom. Oh, it's so powerful. I love the Proverbs. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Yes. Search my heart. Yeah. If our, you know, if we commit everything to Him, we're gonna succeed. Yeah. It's it's a given. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so to the extent that we aren't succeeding, it's because we haven't committed. There's something we're holding on to that we haven't. That's the way I look at it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I. So that's why I always say every morning, "All right, dude, search my heart. What haven't I given?" What haven't I surrendered to you? Search my heart and reveal it to me. And I promise, to the best of my ability, if you reveal it to me, I'm on it. I'm going to make it happen. It's beautiful. And what do I need to receive? Yes. Boom! Here we go. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We went a little long today, but I think that you hopefully will enjoy it. Pass this podcast on to somebody else. Subscribe to this podcast, you guys. This is powerful stuff we feel the four of us collectively here and um, maybe there's just one person out there that needs to hear this we I talked to um, a guy in Lincoln the other day I was preparing for one-on-one with him 
his accountant dude in Lincoln. And in preparation for our meeting, he said, I listened to your podcast. And he spent the first five minutes just on fire and so happy. He said, I'm an accountant. And I always tell people, I put God and I put family and I put story before ROI. And other accountants look at me like I'm nuts. He said, but you, well, I listen to you and Brenda and you guys have it right. And he feels like, he said, I feel like I'm, I'm home. And I'm like, dude, well, you're in our business now. You, you're going to be part of this tribe. So that's the power. So, you know, maybe there is somebody out there that needs to hear this and needs to be empowered by what we're doing. Because we are, we're going to be bold. We're going to transform some lives. We're going to get people out of isolation into community. Okay, so until next time, have a fantastic, fantastic day. You guys can go out and love somebody, make a difference in somebody's world. Yeah. That's, that's the key. That's what we can do today. Don't worry about the crazy crap that's going on or don't turn on the news or I could go on forever. Just go out and love somebody. That's it. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, you guys. And until next time. This is Robert Bolden, Life Transform. We get people out of isolation into community. We are the intentional gatherers. We'll see you next time.